Hello, everyone, and welcome to His Only Vice, the film podcast where we discuss the films that shaped us. Now, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room here real quick. You'll probably notice that the audio is a little different than it normally is, and that's because we are, what? Say it with me. In quarantine. In quarantine. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and you're probably wondering who that voice is. Well, more on that in just a sec. Um, the next few episodes, guys, are going to be this kind of weird computer long distance audio because I need to be six feet from everyone that I love. So with that being said, thank you very much to the following guests that we have these next coming weeks and to all of you for putting up with the audio. I love you. I worship you. Thank you for listening. Now, to address that little voice you heard a couple minutes ago. Well, I am so happy to have this person on the podcast. It is one of my favorite people in the world. It is someone I've been having a psychosexual love affair with for the past, I don't know, seven years. And one time at a bar, I did announce that we had a threesome, but we did not have said threesome. Ladies that was a lie. Wel- wait, wait, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Natalie Ortega. Hey, Nat. It's like really rude that this is the second time you've introduced me to a group of people by telling them the threesome story and what he means. <laughs> Because we had a love triangle. <laughs> never had a threesome. That's never right. happened. But for, that is just... that up. Hey, Nat, how are you? I'm wonderful, Dylan. How are you? Good. How's quarantine treating you? I'm so bored. So thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Of course. I know there's truly nothing to do. Yeah, it's like this you is... can like manically text all your crushes, watch a million movies, and what else? Nothing. Yeah, I this is this is the only thing I have planned this week other than um <laughs> like making English muffins with my mom and doing like Zoom game nights. Right, right. Um, which shout out to Zoom. They really are connecting the world lately. Kicking butt. They're saving you, the earth. And do you hear about that like security problem they were having? That like no. people were like people were like interrupting Zoom meetings and like drawing dicks and stuff. Oh, the other day my best friend tried to get into our Zoom like game night uh-huh. and she accidentally <laughs> joined a meeting of sixth grade teachers planning their week out. Oh, I'm obsessed. Well, they yeah. did. Um, they did uh, um, update their security settings in um, this most recent update. So, holla That's at you, Zoom. Exciting. Thanks for um, being here, Natalie. Welcome yes. to the pod. I'm Thank so excited. Um, Natalie has picked an amazing movie today. But before we get into that, we need to find out this girl's tastes. And let me tell mm-hmm. you what I could probably rattle off half of them, but I'm gonna <laughs> let her share with you. Now, um, what are some of your favorite movies? Other than, the one we're, um, other than the one we're talking about today, save that. Okay, other than the one we're talking about today, um, if we're starting earliest, like my earliest movie that I can remember being like my favorite other than today mm-hmm. um, is uh, the movie Uptown Girls starring Brittany Murphy and Dakota Fanning. That of is an favorite film of mine. May she rest um, in peace. May she rest in peace. Um, love Brit Murph. Um, I also really loved, let's just do the elephant in the room. Let's just talk about it. Um, there's a Timothy Chalamet pillow on my bed behind me. Yes. Call Me By Your Name is Call a brilliant film, not just because of Timothy Chalamet, but you know, I, I won't get into it because I won't shut up. <laughs> we love Uptown Girls. We love a smart rom-com. We love um, Call Me By Your Name. What else do I love? Those are like my two, like if I could give you just like a real eclectic mix, those would be it. <laughs> I love both of those choices. You know, I haven't Thank seen you. Uptown Girl in probably 15 years. It Like when did it come out? Probably, like 2004 maybe? Yeah, that sounds about right. Earlier. And I hadn't seen um, uh, the movie that we're going to talk about today in over a decade. So I'm like very, I was very ex- excited to revisit it. 
I watch it once a year, but when I was a kid, I would watch it like once a week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so you did give us a little tease of Mr. Timmy C. Who are some of your other favorite movie stars, Nat? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, well, Dakota Fanning was like my first, like she, I would say if I had to pick somebody, I would pick her over Timmy, little Timmy Tim, but. Oh, love that. Dakota Fanning, I think she's stunning and super talented. Timothy Chalamet. Um, I think, um, uh, oh my God, why am I blanking on his name? He won for Whiplash. J.K. Simmons. I can't even talk about him. He's so good. J.K. Simmons is amazing. Woody Harrelson's amazing. I really love taking Timothy Chalamet out of the picture because it's just, that's just a weakness of mine that we don't have to talk about. (laughs) Like those like incredible, hilarious character actors who then like turn around and will break your heart. And just like, those are true Renaissance men of, and and women, there are women who do the same thing, but like somebody like Steve Carell even is like one of the most talented actors. His performance in Foxcatcher literally ruined my life stunning beautiful boy and you know what timothy Chalamet was that he is not who i watched in that movie like steve right? carell made that movie watchable yeah so good. so good um um what was i gonna say um i also love to harp on brit for a second i oh. earnestly love eight mile oh. <laughs> um despite the weird ass tribute they did at the oscars this year um, yeah oh my god I almost forgot about that uh, yeah I remember that TBT in the moment I loved it and then afterwards I was like what right I get why I get why half the audience was so confused yeah we were all like Billie Eilish last Marty Scorsese in that move in that moment we were like um what? yeah <laughs> yeah love that um what about um some lady actresses any any oh my gosh um, Laura Dern is one of my favorite uh. actresses Think she can do no wrong. Yes, and we are um, in a Laura Dernstessance right now. She is coming back in a mighty are. way. And you know what? She's been doing just like, like first of all, she's been working since she started working. Except in the when she was she that was she was the one who played Ellen's love interest on. Yeah, Ellen. yeah, yeah, yeah. And she then she was like blacklisted for, for like a yeah year. for years. Yeah. And by the time we were watching movies and TV, like actually, she yeah, was like, she was back. You yeah. know back and better than ever yeah Laura Dern I think is just like an unstoppable like she can do no wrong yeah like she could poop in the middle of the street and I'd be like that is art yeah um she's a really big one for me you know who I didn't like for a long time if I'm allowed to say of course and then have recently watched their films again Mm -hmm. even like even the franchise ones that she's done and I think she's so talented Jennifer Lawrence yes I think was just like forced down our throats very very quickly yes and that's like a way to make me not like someone (laughs) Um, but I like if you watch have you seen Winter's Bone girl of course she's like stunning and subtle and heartbreaking in that movie she's so good yeah yeah, so I think um, she's gonna be for a very long time a very, very. If you are following me on Instagram, um, I recently did a best franchise Oscar winner actor actress, you know, director, mm-hmm. and me and Natalie had very similar tastes. We did, um, and I also just recently was talking about Jennifer Lawrence during that, where I was saying like, yes, we as a society were like inundated with J Law for way too long, mm-hmm. but like her work in the hunger games is fucking sick she was also incorrect for the role just saying if you read the books i think that's why i didn't like her at first because she wasn't right for the role she's too old okay she wasn't see i didn't read the books so 
Okay. So when they were, when they were throwing around actresses who were going to play that role, mm-hmm. it was like, like Dakota Fanning was up for that part. It was supposed oh. to be played by someone. And I don't mean this in a body type way. That's more wafy. Just like mm-hmm. someone like Katniss isn't supposed to find her strength until like really the middle of that first movie. And J-Law comes out being like, sup. And it, yeah, like, she, she does have, um, she does have a very grounded, um, strong presence. Yeah. Yes. And it's um, and that was a little accosting for me, but yeah, I've since we, grown to love her performance for sure. And we also agreed on um, the brilliance of the character actors in the Harry Potter franchise, oh, a la wow. Helena Bonham Carter, Alan Rickman. You know all these people who are doing amazing grounded work in a huge franchise. I mean, come I on. agree. And you know what I love about Helena Bonham Carter, especially in the Harry Potter films, Tell me. is that Helena Bonham Carter as a human being, like as an actress, is such a specific person yeah. that it would be so easy for her to play herself in every movie that she does. Yes. And she doesn't. She's still a chameleon. And what's so great about her performance in Harry Potter is that is like the most disgusting character, like just the mm-hmm. most irredeemable character. Mm-hmm. And not only does she make you like excited to see her on screen, yes, that character is sexy when she's like dirty and disgusting. Like I'm like, oh my God, is Bellatrix sexy yeah yeah i'm like is she coming on to me and do i like i'm like i'm not gonna stop her (laughs) right um okay i love all those choices thank you nat um and i think the listeners need to know like a little bit about our history i think we need to we need to just go into it just a little Um, okay like our personal history our friendship history well some some highlights some the the highlight reel the supercut reel as lord would say um, super cut real. So okay. we met. In, we met in college. We went to college we together. Did in college. We went to Mary Mountain College. Shout out we to Fairy Mount Manhaven. Yes, Fairy Mount Manhaven. Yes, Fairy Mount Manhaven. And we had danced together sophomore year, which was my first year at Mary Mount. Which was my first year in the program. The musical theater program. Which, yes, correct. Um, we will shamefully admit we were in. <laughs> yeah, um, we were in the musical theater program at Mary Mount Manhattan College. Um, and I dropped out, but <laughs> and we got I did Starbucks go see Bill and walk across the stage at graduation. You did. That was very nice of you. I did. Um, but yeah, yeah, so we have a, um, on and off love affair, you might say. Yeah. Um, it's never been on, but I would also call it on and off. <laughs> <laughs> including. Just, okay, also, let me just, let me just like, you know what, Dylan, you want to give the super cut reel. What happened was. Wait, 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 hold on. I need to say what the one point of it being on was when we convinced our musical theater history teacher to let us kiss at the end of showcase. Oh yeah. That was really <laughs> annoying of us. We were so, we had like a freshman showcase when we were sophomores cause we were new to the program and we sang a song where people <clears throat> do not kiss at the end of it. And we're like, we think that we would make out here. We think that this is what the people want. If I was a director, I would direct the actors to make out here. And that's what we did. And Emily Clark, bless her heart was like, yeah, whatever. He was like, I don't care. Just like, okay, fine. Whatever. Um, yeah, we met uh, our sophomore year of college, which is Dylan's first year at Marymount. And um, I, he's um, a tall, skinny, if you guys don't follow him on Instagram. Um, <laughs> um, boy. Yeah, but like in an, in an effeminate way. And that is my oof, bread and butter. And <laughs> so uh, I fell in love with Dylan and um, I bullied him. He almost poisoned me with some almond pancakes once. Um, yeah, because I was, okay, do not paint me as the bad guy right here, because I was trying to be sweet. I was trying to... Because I didn't eat dairy. Yes, Natalie has a dairy um, allergy. tolerance, yeah. allergy, 
And so I was like, hey, I'm going to make us pancakes before this party. I'm going to use almond milk. And you're like, that's cute, but that'll kill me too because I'm allergic to nuts. And I was like, sick. So, so I was like, okay, so, but it's on. <laughs> and then um, we so we're off again if you guys and, are listening still. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you haven't absolutely told us to shut the fuck up and haven't turned us off, um, yeah. we are BFF. We're now off again. We've broken up again. We've broken up, but we are still in love forever. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Natalie. Yeah. Rich which sometimes I call her Rach. So if you guys hear me call her Rach, it's the same person. What movie did you bring for us today? I'm, listen, I brought a couple to the table and you picked one out of the three that I presented. Yes, ultimately. And I'm so happy you did because it was my most earnest choice. (laughs) And it is School of Rock starring Jack Black from 2003. motherfucking rock. Okay, Nat, we are going to jump into School of Rock. And for just of you, or just for those of you who are unfamiliar with the film, which if you're unfamiliar with this film, I know how to say it a lot, but what? Literally how? See yourself out. Right. Um, Just a little rundown. So this movie was released in October of 2003. It was directed by Richard Linklater, which I actually didn't know until my revisit, which is crazy because he also went on to direct like huge, well, I don't know if huge is the right word, but like critically acclaimed art house films like Boyhood right. and before, yep. the Before Trilogy and, uh, and such. Yep. Um, most recently, he just did um, Where'd You Go, Bernadette with Judy Greer and um, Kate Blanchett. Um, it was written by Mike White, who is the guy that plays Schneebly. Um, and it was produced by Scott Rudin, who is a name floated around in Natalie oh. and I's life a lot. That makes sense why it went to Broadway then. Right. Because he produced a lot of Broadway shows that both me and Natalie have been in callbacks for a million times. Because why on else from did that, that to Broadway? <laughs> right. Um, and then it starred, as Natalie was sort of saying before, it starred Jack Black. It also had Joan Cusack, Mike White, Sarah Silverman, and it had iconic turns that we cannot ignore from Adam Pascal and... Oh. Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> like, literally? Miranda Cosgrove and her most iconic role ever. Um, no, truly, though. No sarcasm. Truly. Um, it went on to gross $131 million worldwide, almost four times its budget of $35 million, And that uh, made School of Rock actually the highest grossing music-themed comedy of all time until it was overtaken in 2015 by Pitch Perfect 2. What? By Which... Pitch Perfect 2? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Excuse me. Did you just say Pitch Perfect 2? Dose, the sequel. The word, the word pitch came out of your mouth and I went, that makes sense. And then you said two and I said, that makes no sense. If you guys could have seen the whiplash, Natalie, just had. <laughs> Um, which we have quite the connection to the Pitch Perfect franchise, but we won't go into detail on that. Oh my God. <laughs> um, it then later spawned a television series for Nickelodeon that ran from March 2016 to April 2018. I have not seen any of that. Have you seen any of that? What did you just say? Right. So it was on Nickelodeon from 2016 to 2018. No. I have no idea. Three, three full ass seasons. Um, and then it became, as we were hinting at earlier, a Broadway musical that starred Alex Brightman in the Jack Black role that ran on Broadway for about three years and about uh, 1,300 performances. And did he national- win a Tony for that? He did not, but he was um, huh. nominated. Oh. Um, it now has an Australian sit-down production, um, but with, you know, COVID, it just ended the U.S. tour, and I don't know the fate of the Australian production. But anyway, it um, went on to be super successful, spawned all sorts of spinoffs based on the material, and um, I figured now we can just jump right in, Nat. Let's do it. Um, so it starts with Adam Pascal singing, which if you don't know Adam Pascal, he is the original Roger from Rent. And a huge influence on me personally. And another fun factoid about me and Natalie's friendship. Let's see if Natalie even remembers this. Is 
sophomore junior year, I sang a birthday version of Your Eyes from Rent. Do you remember that? Oh my God, you did. You posted it on my Facebook wall. Yes. So if anyone wants to stalk us, you can find that video somewhere. Wow. Right. You did. Um, I will say, Adam Pascal, um, if I'm trying not to give away like things I'm going to say later, but Adam Pascal was like such a sexual awakening for me, like <laughs> starting in 2005. So like then to go back and rewatch this movie after I'd already been like, oh, like now I'm a woman. Um, <laughs> I was just like, oh my God, he has a mullet. And it's, I still, I still would kiss his face. Um, also what I will say about this is that he is so good in this movie. Literally so good. The stakes are hard. so high. He's screaming so the whole time. <laughs> Also, like... Read between the lines, Theo. And he puts up the three fingers. (laughs) Uh, My favorite thing is the first time you see Adam Pascal um, off the stage and they're in that little rehearsal space. Yeah. That song that you end up hearing at the end, no one knows the real lyrics to that song because the only thing people remember is Adam Pascal singing, "Um, I'm hot, sick, I'm hungry. Hungry. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Singing the chords out. (laughs) I'm obsessed. I almost just dropped my microphone because I love Adam Pascal so much. Literally him like shirtless doing this weird belly dance turn. No, you're thinking of a different... Oh, that's the other guy. That's the other guy. You're right. You're right. He only, I'm hungry. (laughs) Whatever it is. Um, Yes. Love him. What a way to open. We love that. Um, And so basically the premise of this movie, guys, is Jack Black plays a character named Dewey Finn, who is sort of like, you know, this energetic down on his luck, um, balls to the wall, stick it to the man type guy who's really into rock. Yeah, he's sad. Great. He's sad. Um, he um, really wants to be a rocker, and but uh, Sarah Silverman's character, who's the the girlfriend of um, his roommate, his roommate uh, Ned, is like, you need to get a job and pay rent and da 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 da. So he takes a job as a substitute teacher, pretending to be Ned. He enters uh, this contest called Battle of the Bands with the plan to use the kids from his substitute class to win um, this competition. Because they're all excellent musicians. Exactly. He sees them in music class and he's like, we're starting a band. So, what I will say is, real quick if I can, go I rewatched this movie last night just to mm-hmm. like brush up Same. as if I needed to. <laughs> and I will say it is the first time that I watched this movie all the way through. And by the end when he gets found out, mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, like, yeah, this is really fucked up. Yeah, you know, it's, like it's this is up. like... This, I, if I was a parent, I would light this man on fire. Yeah, you know, the, like, the social situation is not good. It's really bad. But anyway, keep going. Um, but so, yeah, so that's sort of the premise. Um, a lot of it is filmed in like the New York City area where me and Natalie live. Mm-hmm. Um, filmed at Wagner College, right? Yes. The main like Horace Green is filmed in like the main hall of Wagner College, which is on Staten Island. Um, Nat, yeah. do you have a favorite part of this movie? Oh my God, I have multiple favorite parts of this movie, but if I had to distill it down, there are a couple moments that are, I think it's hard to pick a favorite, but the ones that like stick with me as like things that I quote, my Mm -hmm. favorite, one of my favorite moments is the like, I know it wasn't, but what I like to think of as a one take (laughs) go of Jack Black doing the, you think you can kick me out of the band chimes, Freddie, like when he does the whole, he's them the song for the first time mm-hmm. and he's just jumping around like an absolute insane person yeah that's one of my favorite mo- moments um 
I think one of the most iconic moments is when he's pulling the kids up one by one and like testing their. Uh, oh yes, I love that. Like Lawrence on the piano. I think you that's see that the, that's called a G. Just yeah. from 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 from, 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 from. <laughs> the G that I just taught you, and she's <laughs> yeah. just like I was just playing. Right, like, like a full cello. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was great. I'm trying to think of like. That yeah, I think that is probably those are one like of my. my my top three definitely includes the scene where he's first like teaching them. He like pulls them up and yeah. all the other kids are like, the fuck are we supposed to do? Oh, uh, the one little kid who goes, you mean we're not in the band? I know. So cute. Um, I love that part. And I also love, I mean, obviously the best part is the concert at the end. Oh, kids I mean, Um, I was fully crying rewatching this movie because oh. listen, if you have a scene that involves triumph, I'm crying. If yeah. that scene of triumph also includes children, yeah, tears. If it also includes yeah. music, bitch, yeah, Huddle yeah, on the floor. And that song is a banger. That song it's a slap. banger. It's a banger. Zach Mooneyham wrote us like a, a banger. S- a banger. Which wait, we need to jump into one question. Okay. Team Zach or Team Freddie? Okay, so so if this was Twilight, I have a couple of things in a, in a Twilight esque world. I'm really happy you asked. Um, and this is so fucked up because they're fully 10, but we are going to go there. Well, I was nine when this movie came yeah, out. Yeah, okay, yeah, so there you I go. Like so I can say this. Yeah. I'm going to start my answer to this question with, with um, in third grade or fourth grade, however old I was when this movie came out, mm-hmm. in my science class, we made a terrarium, which at the, at the uh, top was a little like soil. It was made out of two Coke bottles. Soil with little seeds growing like mustard. Oh, yeah, fully. And then we made it, those too, We yeah. put fish in it. Uh-huh. And it would be watered by like the soil and whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had two fish, and I named one of them Freddie, and I named the other one Kevin because the actor who played Freddie's name was Kevin Clark. Um, so oh. I love Kevin <sighs> Clark, who played Freddie. Um, Zach Mooneyham, you would think would be my type because he looks like a nice Jewish boy, but no, I knew, I knew deep down. I lived. Say oh my god, I loved him, and he didn't care about anything, and he likes to burn stuff, and I yeah, he's sort like, of like. He sort of set the precedent of like teenage bad boy on film. But he has that like angelic little face where yeah. you're like, oh, that kid definitely like is really nice. Yeah. And I love the part with with um Freddie, and we'll come back to which team I'm on. I love the part with Freddie when he where you really see like Dewey become this like paternal figure who really cares mm-hmm. about these kids. It becomes yeah. more than just a competition. Like when yeah. they go to audition and Freddie ends up in the van and he's like, Freddie, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. And then he turns and he, he turns to the guys like- and yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he turns to the guys and he's like, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah. I was like, okay, That's Dewey, a great leveled up. Dewey leveled up. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what team I'm on, I'm hashtag Team Zach. Mm-mm, mm-mm, love, mm-mm. love the shy, like, sh- I love the shy musician type, you know, like someone that I can just mold a personality onto, you know? <laughs> he's too moody. He is. And... What sucks a little bit for me and rewatching it is like, this is why I think that I don't like him that much. The kid's not as good of an actor as the other kid. Yeah, he's definitely he's an not incredible an musician. Actor, Sorry, sure. my dog is like screaming from yeah, I can't, I can't outside the door. Um, the kid's not as good of an actor, which even at 10 years old, I was like, that's a turn off. Um, <laughs> but he's a, an Child incredible musician. Jack Black said when they were filming um, that they had to ask him to dumb down his playing because he was out playing Jack Black. Oh, and work. they were like, yeah. But that kid has gotten like two DUIs and got arrested last year for stealing a bunch of guitars. And I, now I think I might be team Zach, you know? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, get yours. Yeah, fully. Um, get in there, Lindsay Lohan. I also die for um, 
the scene to go back to like the audition scene or like assignment scene or whatever i love when the girls are auditioning or like showing their singing voice and miranda cosgrove fully can't sing um and i love that and the girl who plays um oh who's the blonde um marta is like um tomorrow tomorrow or whatever song it is yeah. and then the the girl in the back is like yeah she's like fully yeah she's like fully going off um love that scene um, and then tamika's like you guys think you can sing that's cute. right just wait um, you know what i always thought was weird about I've, I've thought this every time I've seen a scene like this happen in a movie. And mm-hmm. I think it was a great scene and it was really necessary because, it, again, it was a moment where Jack Black became this, like, a redeemable character who cared about these kids. Mm-hmm. But the moment at the first audition where Tamika's like, I can't sing, I feel sick, let Marta do it. And he was like, why do you feel that way? And she says, because I'm fat, I'm afraid they're going to make fun yes, of me. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just like, how do you take a 10-year-old and give them that line and not give them a complex? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That actress has to stand there and read that line. Yeah. And I was always like, I thought it was handled really, really beautifully on screen. Yeah. Um, but I've any time I've seen any child or young yeah. person yeah. on television or in film have to deliver a line like that, I'm always like, oh. Yeah, that, that stuff makes- is so tricky because like you don't want a kid to like have to live that, but then you also like get that it, it lends it lends itself to that moment of being like, no, 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 don't it think this. matter, yeah. Right, yeah. Um I also love um, the scene where um, uh, uh, Joan Cusack and him are at the bar. And oh, and she's dancing on, with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, and like the continuity of the Stevie Nicks lines from before and yeah. how she's like, oh my God, I love this Fleetwood Mac song. And it's like, it's yeah. Edge of 17 and she's like yeah. absolutely going off. Um, and then he's like, no, I think you're really cool when they're in the van. And she's like, really? <laughs> I was, I'm actually curious to hear your opinion on this but I, I was talking to someone last night who I was, mm-hmm. I was i was like oh i'm rewatching school of rock and he was like how do you feel about joan cusack oh, and i was die, like die. in general or in the scope of this movie and and i was like so in this movie i think there could not be a more perfect person playing this role yeah she's perfect she's she is flawless from start to finish in this movie mm-hmm. i'm not a huge joan cusack fan okay. in general Thought but fair. in this film she is like there is not a single person who could have done it better. Yeah, like, that moment so cool. where she's like scolding that little girl, and she's like, "It's all right, Emily. Don't cry. Yeah. Would you like a hug?" She, yeah. Like, and, at her. and the girl's like, "Ah." Yeah. yeah. Um. So I, mean, I love Joan Cusack since she was like Geek Girl number three in right. Sixteen Candles. Right. Um. But yeah, I thought she was perfect in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I honestly thought that. If like the if the Oscars weren't so like anti comedy and anti horror, mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. think Jack Black and Joan Cusack could have been up for mm-hmm. like awards in their respective categories. Yeah, I mean Jack Black was nominated for a Golden Globe for like a musical or comedy, but like that type of performance never makes it to the Oscars, unfortunately. No, no. Um, Honestly, Miranda Cosgrove was snubbed for that one too. Yeah, and it's so weird. <laughs> like, so I always do. Actually, I earnestly said yes because I didn't even think twice about you saying that. I really think Brenda Cosgrove was so good in this She's movie. so good. She's so good. <laughs> um, you know what? Her favorite line, my favorite line of hers that she has is when she's, when he pulls up after, like, the day after he started the band project. Yes. He's, like, leaning against the tree. She's like, groupies are sluts. They sleep with the band. Right, right. I love that part, too. She's I don't want to be a groupie. No, it's because I have um, a special uh, job for you. Band manager. 
band manager. Band manager? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> she starts reading up on funny. music. What I think, what, why I think this movie is like kind of timeless and and is as funny to children as it is to like grown ass adults is because lines like that exist. I, I was, I, I've watched the, if you, you should watch the commentary of this movie. They do it with Jack Black and, and a couple of the kids. I think I did. Cause I had the DVD growing up and I used to watch it at least once a week. So I'm, yeah. I'm sure I have. And the kid who plays Freddie was like, you know, when I first got the script, this is like an 11 year old talking like this. Mm-hmm. When I first got the script, I was supposed to be popping Adderall. He was like, but my character was like a, like a little druggie. Yeah. Like a pilled up rich kid. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And they cut it because they wanted to, because he was popping pills, they wanted to rate it PG-13. Uh, when they read, when they were like preliminary, prelim- sure. pre- preliminarily looking at the script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like, what do we need? We don't need that. We would prefer to keep like uh, Miranda Cosgrove yelling about sluts. Yeah. And I'm just like, that is so, I'm like, but bits like that, that they kept. Mm-hmm. Are why this movie holds water. It's yeah. It's, so it's also fun. it also has so many like good little like jokey moments. There's truly like a joke like every two minutes in this movie. Yeah. Um. I love to go back to the scene where they're assigning instruments mm-hmm. or whatever. Hey, what what was that thing that you were playing in music class? Cello. Okay. Well, this is a bass. Turn it on its side and cello. You got a bass. Got a bass. <laughs> it's the same thing. You tilt it on its side. Cello. You got a bass. Exactly. I'm obsessed. So good. Um. I also love um, that little kid who is like, you know, obviously the gay kid. Um, Mm -hmm. He goes, what's the prize? (laughs) (laughs) I I love love that line too. Iconically line readings from that kid. Yeah, he's so, that kid is so good. Yeah, he's so funny. Um, um, All of them are really. There's not like a weak kid in that bunch. Yeah, I mean, the the whole cast is so amazing. Um, And the reason that I was like so happy they picked this movie is because as a kid, like, I was so into, like, music, putting on little shows, da 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 but I was, like, too nervous to ever do it in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie, I would just watch it over and over and over and over mm-hmm. to be, and, like, in my head, be like, yeah, I'm going to be that someday, even though I was, oh, like, yeah. on stage, right? I remember when I first saw this movie, I was, like, so I had seen, Uptown Girls must have come out before this, because that was, like, my first obsession movie where I saw somebody my age Mm-hmm. to go to fanning doing something that i wanted to do right. and then i saw this and cheaper by the dozen came out like really soon after this there was a tons of comedies starring kids uh-huh. and i remember i would watch school of rock over and over and over and over again and cry to my mom i would go up there crying and being like i want to do it so bad yeah that's why i always say taylor swift is why i picked up a guitar but the reason i picked up a guitar was school of rock yeah my I uncle absolutely bought me a guitar when i was like nine joined band because of school of rock yeah and then i just like re-found a drive to do it when I was like 14 when I started listening to Taylor Swift but yeah why I picked up an instrument totally um and it was like such an early influence on like um you know music and and movies it was like it was like one of the first movies I was really like obsessed with like I would rewatch this I would rewatch um Superstar which I've mentioned on this podcast Mm -hmm. before um I would rewatch like Kiki's Delivery Service. I had like these these couple mm-hmm. movies that I would just rewatch over and over and over and Me over. Too. Um, and I didn't even remember that until you brought this movie up, and I was rewatching it, and I was just flooded with nostalgia yeah. of like all the times yeah. I would watch again. Um, and just to like uh, cap up what we were saying about Uptown Girls, they did come out in the same year, but Uptown Girls came out um, in August, so basically really close to one another. Wow. Um, um, what's your least favorite part? And it doesn't, it doesn't need to be like a part that you think is bad. It's just like a part that you. 
Well, when no vacancy wins is really bad. Oh, you yeah. know what part? You no know what vacancy. part? It's not my least favorite part. I think it's a great part of the movie, but I it almost brings me to tears every single time because it's just so pathetic and mm-hmm. it's it's just like you feel like you're in high school and you're watching someone get bullied. Mm-hmm. Is the moment it's a it's like a three second scene where those guys see his poster on the telephone pole and they're like, oh, this guy oh, sucks. Yeah. You call him, you call him. And they pan yeah. over and Jack Black's like slowly walking by himself yeah. and putting up. That is. I almost just cried talking about it like that. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. that, I wish it didn't exist. I know why it's in there and it's important yeah. because they want you to feel sympathy for him. But yeah. Oof, man, that kicks me in the butt. That um, motif of like um, people shit talking you when you're like a couple feet away was so popular in the early 2000s it was like a screenwriting go-to but it is effective it is effective and it isn't always effective but for some reason that one is just really really punches you in the gut yeah it really is um what's your least favorite part um i think it has to be either when he gets caught because it's just so cringe Mm. um or um sort of just like overall the there's like there's only one part of this movie that doesn't age well and it's like the racial stereotypes of who does what i was rewatching that i was like Ooh, okay they could have maybe divvied this up a little differently but yeah, 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 yeah. um it's not great but other than that it's like um it, the movie really does hold up so well like the jokes are still so funny um it's you know relatively unproblematic other than that one detail yeah um, or like the the one little like the one black kid in class goes puff daddy right right like, right leave that kid alone give him Liza Minnelli right <laughs> right and I know and then the gay kid's like Liza Minnelli, Liza Minnelli? And, and Blondie's like Christina Aguilera and he's like who <laughs> <laughs> he's like no no yeah um but in in terms of like I really do think it's constructed really well like in terms of like you know, emotional stakes and screenplay and what have you. Like it is, it's, it's um, in the exactly right order. Like the way that it plays out, the, the, the tone is perfect. The pacing is perfect. Um, and it amounts to like such a triumphant moment. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that has to do with like, A, the kids chemistry with Jack Black. B, um, Sarah Silverman being such a bitch that like you actively root against her. Um, oh and um um, 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 um. just like the sheer momentum of rooting for these kids you're like oh my god they need to win they need to win yeah. and that's why we can overlook the like fucked up social circumstance of him stealing a job and then like kidnapping yeah. kids. But for me like the older i get the more i have a hard time fully enjoying that final concert that they do because the whole time i'm thinking like man this dude is facing consequences once this is over man this guy is gonna get fucking nailed once this is over you know right but they totally like gloss over it they're like yeah you, let's bring him to your after school program can, wait can i i just thought something popped into my head and I forgot it when we were talking about favorite parts. If I can just add one moment of, oh, black of course. so this is why I'm Team Freddy off. because this kid is like a little comedian. Uh-huh. Is when he was uh, when uh, Dewey first comes into the classroom and he's like, "I'm all over." Who knows what that means? And one kid goes, "It means you're drunk." And he goes, "No, it means I was drunk yesterday." <laughs> and Freddie goes, "It means you're an, you're alcoholic. an alcoholic." Yeah. No one comes to school hungover unless they're an alcoholic, dude. You got a disease. Yeah, I, I love that. Like, that kid like his whole delivery his back and forth it like it has to be hard and maybe because they're kids they don't know to be intimidated yet Mm -hmm. but it has to be intimidating doing a two-hour comedy with jack black i know right one of the funniest men truly in the game and i think it's so at that time 
and he was like doing brilliant physical comedy so like for them to keep up um but uh, that's another thing that like speaks to like the um you know imagination of children is they're like so untainted Mm -hmm. to just like go there um that they're like oh yeah jack black he's fun let's go mess around with him for eight hours on a set all day right yeah um and then obviously you know summer Miranda Cosgrove with Summer has iconic line after iconic line. She's she is the most iconic part of that film. Yeah. Um, and I also love like so I think what's also so smart and what works and why it holds up so well is that there are like little comments on society throughout the way. Like um uh at parents' night, Freddie's or Zach's dad is like, you know, he wanted to be this, that, and the other. Now he tells me he wants to be a musician. And like yeah. the 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 vitriol that he like yeah. spills when he's like oh my kid wants to be a musician absolutely not it's like such a good comment on like what our parents think not our parents necessarily but like parents in general think that their mm-hmm. kids need to be or like the devaluation of arts and artists in the in the world and now that's right. like that is being that is such a now is such a good time to talk about that because yeah. everyone is getting their entertainment right now from artists mm-hmm. you are stuck in your yeah. room begging for artists to deliver tv shows music podcast what have you and right, so the two, the i love two that groups that are being leaned on the hardest now are like taking out healthcare workers because obvi- obviously, obviously yeah, not all heroes were kids know, we'd all be dead without them but mm-hmm. as far as like day-to-day stuff for people who aren't sick that uh artists are getting leaned on and people who are essential workers who aren't healthcare workers right. who are being paid Nothing. below a living wage sure and are the only um, ones who are told they still have to be going to work exactly so i think that's really school of rock talks about that and I yeah, <laughs> in a huge way no but that, uh, no, but that, that with, arts thing yeah that moment with zach and his dad very that very very close to the end of the movie because there's another one earlier on where he's by the car and he's like yanking him back and like, oh yeah he's like no more rock class yes and it's that like, that moment and then the one in the classroom where he says oh my my kid wants to be all he can talk about is being a musician and yeah. then at the end i love that they don't leave that dad you don't worry that even after this amazing performance, Zach is going to go home and be stifled because they let the dad have a moment where Lawrence's dad goes, oh, yes. your son is very skilled. And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. thank you. So is yours. And like, you can yeah. like tell that they're like really, really proud of their kids. Yeah. Eventually, once they get over their own like biases and prejudice, prejudices okay. that were like so implemented in their generation, especially, mm-hmm. you like sort of are like, okay, great. Now Zach will get to be an artist and that'll be that. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I love is like, um, the comment on like sort of this like private school one um, percent um, type yeah. culture where um, they're all screaming at Joan Cusack. They're all you know who plays yeah. Rosalie Mullins, the principal. They're like the security of our children, blah 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 blah. And yeah. they're the kids are fully just leaving. Yeah, they're so, like they're they're all pissed about like the safety and security of their children, and they're yeah. leaving right under their noses. Yeah. Um, so I love that too. I I think that like little things like that would make this movie so smart and make it so lasting. Yeah, um, I agree. But yeah, my parents don't pay fifteen thousand dollars a year for recess. You know, Summer is gonna be that mom. She can't wait to be oh, that mom. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. God, what an icon! I can't. I I know I've said it fifteen times, but what an iconic star turn for Miranda oh, Cosgrove. Amazing that move. That oh. this movie got her iCarly, and I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I also well, love Drake Hattie- and Josh. She did Drake and Josh in between. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I love um when at the very end she's on the phone she's like the new manager and she's like well then stop, stop trying low-balling. to lowballing us yeah i <laughs> love that um love do you have it. any other little moments that you love i think i do hold on i wrote things down yeah um it's um, it really is so 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 funny um um it has so I, much heart 
I think like moments that are really funny um, are like, there was one that I wrote down. I don't know why I wrote it down, but I guess when I was watching it, this really, when he's giving his, the man speech. Yes. And he, has that, he has that moment where he's like, the man ruined the ozone. It, and it kidnapped Shamu and put her in a quarantine tank. Yes, yes. Going on and on and on. And then they, the one kid, I just love the moment, the quick moment where the one kid goes, hey, Miss Mullins, you're the man. Thank yes. You, Frankie. Yes, I love, that's another, thank you. A way where that's she's just so perfect. out of touch. Yeah. Because you, that's also commenting on like the, mm-hmm. the out of touchness of like old yep. rich people. Yep. Um, in, in positions of power. Right. Um. Yeah, so glad you brought that up. That's why you wrote that down now, because you knew I was going to talk about that. Yeah. Um, connected as always. Okay, now another part that I love is um, when in, in the earnest moment when he's like talking about how much he's loved taking this substitute job or whatever, they of course can't have it earnest for too long. They write in a joke where he says, this is the best school I ever teached at. And I'm just like, that is good at joke writing. <laughs> and they end that whole speech where they, with him saying, I've been touched by your kids. And I'm pretty sure I've touched them. And then all the parents. <laughs> like, what the? Yeah. yeah. And then um, one other thing that I absolutely love um, is um, you were talking about how, like, there are certain things that you catch, like, as an adult or whatever. Mm-hmm. The part where he's fucking monologuing the greatest love of all. I would not have gotten that as a Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Song. Yeah. And then the one person is like, is that a song? And he's like, like no. Nope. Yeah. Nope. No. No, I don't uh, think. No, 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 no I don't think not. so. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. And that's the same scene where he fully eviscerates the PE teacher. And those who can't teach, teach Jim. Teach Jim. Um, but the one in that in that scene is where he's talking about he didn't he's like, I didn't get the gig, you know, who did? Uh Yo-Yo Ma's, Yo-Yo Ma's cousin, Little Nepotiz. And I <laughs> growing up my whole life thought Lil Nepotiz was the name of like Yo-Yo Ma's cousin and he was just like a rapper or something. I can't. He just means nepotism. I didn't even know who Yo-Yo Ma, Yo-Yo Ma was. That's another joke I didn't get until I was an adult. Yo-Yo Ma's cousin, Lil yeah. Nepotiz. Addicted, addicted. I also love, um, uh, speaking of like fun lines, when um, they're in the apartment and, you know, Sarah Silverman and uh, Ned and Jack Black are like um, talking about, you know, being cool and, you know, what's cool these days. And Ned is like, Dewey, I'm not a satanic sex god anymore. I'm a working stiff. And that's That's cool. cool. (laughs) And you're like, is it? Come on, um, man. Yeah. Goes, You're not a teacher. You're the blood sucking, the blood sucking, sucking yeah. incubus from maggot death. Wow. You really can still quote this movie. Go off. Yeah, top to bottom. Top to bottom, baby. Top to bottom, baby. Um, but yeah. But what um, I was like, but that, even that, like, this is the first time I've seen this movie in like two years. And even then, like it was before that. I would watch it a million times before that. But it's so funny that this is such a blockbuster film that mm-hmm. I feel like people connect to, like it's a cult film Do you oh know what I'm totally yeah, yeah yeah anybody that i've spoken to about school of rock responds like no one else has ever seen it before yeah i mean i think it was huge for our generation especially um yeah. because it was so big like when we were literally the age of the kids in the movie mm-hmm. um and it also is like um whenever you have like this sort of big broad comedy in any sort of sense right like um in School of Rock, it's like Jack Black's physical comedy. In you know, Christopher Guest movies, it's the improv. Whenever you have like something extraneous or um, um, uh, out of the box like that, or larger than life is what I meant to say, not, mm-hmm. not um, out of the box, larger than life, um, I think it is always the makings of something that feels like a cult classic. It's like, yeah. Oh, also, that- because it's just like so many of Jack Black's films are just like honestly not that good. 
Yeah, but I agree. You want to watch them anyway because he just makes. Yeah, he's very infectious. He's funny. Yeah. He's funny and he's magnetic and you want to watch Jack Black. So like something like Nacho Libre, <laughs> which is a total cult film because it was like you know, not, in, not as not as successful yeah. as, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it is, but uh, you know, people, a lot of people who love Jack Black can quote that film as hard as they quote School of Rock. Yeah, yeah. But I think people like something like School of Rock because like you said, there is that like, there's something like not super realistic about the character yeah. or about the world or about the circumstance. Um, and it makes people be like, oh, this is something that not everybody connects to. But it, yeah. it, in this case, it is. It's just something that somebody that everybody connects to so strongly. It's a movie that makes you um, never forget how you felt watching it. Oh my God, yeah. Um, so love that. Um, in terms of, I always do like a... Uh, a rewards report card um for all my films just like if anything got you know nominated for any awards um we briefly touched on how jack black was nominated for a um golden globe for best actor comedy or musical which he actually ended up losing to bill murray and lost in translation which okay. i don't think is a comedy at all first of all which is why the golden globes are always so crazy i'm constantly dragging the golden globes on this podcast but once again i will take my nomination when they it comes. nominated the martian right as a comedy, comedy yeah <laughs> Um, but it, it's so it's so crazy that Jack Black, who's doing incredible physical comedy, can lose to Bill Murray in a Sofia Coppola um, movie about the um, uh, the trials and tribulations of being lonely in Japan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah. How the heck? Um, yeah. But I always I always laugh about that. Um, and other than that, it was um, you know you know stubbed snubbed by the Oscars, of course. Um, but it did win it an MTV. Sense. Yeah, totally. It. It, it, this is not like an Oscar movie, um, but it did win a MTV Movie Award for Best Comedic Performance. So go off, Jack. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of the... <clears throat> Which is funny because it became... And you know, honestly, the Tonys are so different and they're political in a different way. But it, yeah. as far as nominations go, was nominated for everything. And I think yeah, a yeah. lot of times um, musicals and plays whatever but speaking about musicals if there's a new musical in a season you're getting nominated because there are only so many musicals every season yeah totally um so this I is don't al- always... i mean also the musical was written by andrew Lloyd weber so when you have that name on it too it's like <laughs> right right but i but i really feel like the you know not i'm not commenting on alex brightman's performance because i didn't see i i just i didn't see the musical mm-hmm. i heard it was amazing mm-hmm. but i feel like a role like that like regardless of performance you're getting nominated yeah because like if you can match the energy of what the screenplay or mm-hmm. script requires like right you're... and i've seen him do other things he's an incredible an incredible performer i haven't yeah. seen that but i do feel like it has to be a role that you at least pay heavy homage to jack black's performance and physical comedy or it's just not going to connect to people because yeah. people are so obsessed with that original yeah People aren't going to forget it, Um, which, you know, goes both ways, too, because like to go on a tangent here, like when Madonna did Evita, everyone was like, get the fuck out because everyone had a memory of what Patti Lapone did with Evita. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like it goes in both ways. It's like when you have these iconic first time first, like out of the gate performances, it's Mm -hmm. like you in some way, like you're going to be in the shadow. So it's Mm -hmm. up to you to like take that in and then do put your own spin on it. But like always remember, like people are going to remember this part. And it's nice, I think, for a show like that, like um, a show 
like School of Rock or a movie like School of Rock is that there was enough time between the two projects that there was like a whole new um, like generation of kids. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole new um, audience too. Who might know Alex Brightman's performance before they know Jack Black's, which is awesome. Right, right. yeah. And same thing, like they could see Alex have, they could have seen Alex do the musical and then watched the movie and been like, who's this chump? (laughs) Right, 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 right. So yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great point. Um, Nat, if people liked this movie, what other movies do you think they'll love? Oh my gosh. Um, um, yeah. I mean, of actually, course there's the whole like musical comedy subgenre, like pitch perfect. Right. And what I would, where I would start, it doesn't center around children, but that thing you do, if you like, like that kind of like broad, like really specific character comedies, mm-hmm. um, but that are also musicals, it's written by Tom Hanks, directed by Tom Hanks and produced by Tom Hanks. Um, and it, stars Tom Hanks, but it also stars like a group of young guys. Do you know what that thing you do? Have you seen that thing you do? No, I haven't. Oh my God, Dylan. I know, okay, I haven't so seen this. Quick, quick little quip about it. Adding to my list. Four young guys, they're all friends, um, write a song and it becomes a one hit wonder and okay. Tom Hanks uh, manages them and the song is called That Thing You Do, but it takes place in like the, I'm going to say this wrong. It's a pure, it's a, it's a, I want to say the fifties, but I feel like it's the sixties. It takes but place it in that. With, yes. Yeah, in that like that time. Yeah. Yes. Mod, um, turn, mid, mid-century, modern, whatever. Yes. And yeah. they're like, you know, there's like the, like the more straight characters and then they're like kind of like the broader, funnier characters. And it's just like, if you like that kind of film, you will love that thing you do. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm adding that to my list. Listeners. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Natalie stumped me. Um, I obviously like Pitch Perfect is one that... I'm sorry. I just forgot that Pitch Perfect 2 is the one that dethroned <laughs> School, of School of Rock. I know. Can you believe? I think it's because it um, the first one gathered like such a following that when the second one opened, it was like everyone rushed to see it. Listen, Pitch Perfect 1 is almost a perfect film. Oh, it is so, it is so, 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 so. an funny. incredible film. Yeah. Pitch Perfect 2 is so bad. I don't even remember. I can't even differentiate 2 and 3, to be honest. Which one is um, Haley Steinfeld in? That's Pitch Perfect 3. That one we don't talk about. Okay, that's that the one with, that that's the one with Flashlight or whatever? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. The, the one that Haley Seinfeld sings. So right? what is the, what's the premise of 2? Pitch Perfect 2, um, I don't know, but I remember there's a scene where Becca's working at like, a, it's her senior year and Becca's working at like a record label and Brittany Murphy's, not Brittany Murphy, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, um, Brittany um, Snow. Brittany Snow, thank you. Mm-hmm. Her character is like held back, and Anna oh Camp, right, sure. And Anna Camp's yeah. character runs like a—is it a Jesus camp? Like, what is it? I don't remember. She runs some Couldn't sort of you. like outdoor, some bizarre thing for her character because it, that character would have never gone on to do that. But isn't there a scene where Rebel Wilson and Adam Devine kiss, like in a gazebo? Yes, yes, okay, they yeah, have a romantic, okay. yeah, 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 um, yeah. which is the only watchable part of that whole movie is the two of them. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Anyway, um, Pitch Perfect, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of like other music-centric. Um, mm, the one about the boys that start a band, it's, it's becoming a Broadway show now. But it's like the, the young boys, it's an English movie. Oh, The Boys in the Band? Is no. that what it's called? Nope. 
Oh no, the boys in the band Sing is Street. Sing Street. Sing, Sing Street. Street. Sing Street. Thank you. I was gonna say the boys in the band is a um, play, a very tragic play. No, no. no. Yeah. Also, um, watch that too, though. Culture. Um, yes. But no, uh, Sing Street is Sing incredible, Street. Street. and that is like kids putting a band together and like learning how to. It's yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. Um, But yeah, in terms of like other, you know, sort of broad physical comedy esque things, I mean anything with like the likes of you know martin short or nathan lane or robin mm. williams those will probably mm. check similar boxes yeah. i was just re-watching the birdcage earlier which spoiler alert it might be discussed in this podcast um oh. and to see nathan lane do physical comedy is a fucking joy of all joys it's like a so, free master class every it's like a free master class so like if you like that sort of like jack black explosive style of physical comedy yeah. Imagine that even more refined, and that's Nathan Lane in anything. Yeah, like less chaotic, like yeah, slightly exactly. less chaotic. Exactly. Um, but Nat, do you have any final words or final things that you love about this movie? Ta- facts, tidbits, stories? Um, only that the guy who wrote it, the, what did you say his name was? Help me. Mike White. Thank you, Mike White, who played Ned Schneebly, mm-hmm. said that he wrote it for Jack Black. They were neighbors. Mm-hmm. And without telling Jack Black he was writing a movie for him, he just wrote the entire thing, <laughs> pitched it to a studio with Jack Black's name attached and had never asked Jack Black because he was afraid it would, he would say no. And once the studio greenlit it, Jack Black was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. That's iconic behavior. And that's how we got here. Love, love, love. And here yes. we are. Um, what is it? 17 years later talking about this movie? Oh, what a Showed the test of time. It really did. Um, I was just going to say those kids must be so old. And I'm like, they're fully our age. (laughs) They are just our age. Yeah. Yeah. I was 10 in 2003 as well. Yeah. Um, Well, Nat, thank you so much for joining me. um, Dylan, straight up, thank you for having me. Um, It was such a joy to revisit this movie. Remember like how much of an impact it had on me as a kid in terms of like, you know, seeing kids be themselves and do what they love Mm -hmm. and be talented and And be really good at um, it. Yeah. Being really good at something. Yeah. and I, I thank you for that. Thank you for bringing this movie back into my stratosphere. Thank you stratosphere? for letting me talk about it for an hour with you. I don't think back into my stratosphere is what I meant to say. At- atmosphere. atmosphere? Orbit. 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 Thank you. Back into orbit. my orbit. Um, couldn't love you more. Guys, follow Nat on social media. We'll put her tags in the info. Um, she's hilariously funny and has good taste in music and music and things like that. Wait, did I say music thank twice? Thank you so much. You did say music, but you're right. Movie, music, TV, what have you. Yeah. Um, All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us in our first episode of this quarantine edition of His Only Vice. We'll see you soon. Bye.